what am I going to get with a $400 budget that I'm not going to get with a $100 budget? Meticulous attention to detail. But does meticulous attention to detail always equate to performance? Things like that. You know, what they say is we give a shit about every detail. No detail is too insignificant to, to care about. Hello, friends. Surprise, it's Wednesday if you're listening to us or Thursday if you're watching us. So you're the first to know that No Putts Given is now doing two a weeks. And today we're tackling the question, does a putter have to be expensive to work? I'll ask the guys. Let's get it. No Putts Given is powered by My Golf Spy, the most extensive reviews in golf. Before you buy, My Golf Spy. Nine million readers do it every year. Check us out. Hello, everybody. We've got Tony, Harry, and Chris with us. How's everybody doing? Oh, splendid. Still good. Sorry, what? <laughs> Chris no. was eating ice cream. Chris, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We got. What time uh, is it in Colorado? Um, roughly somewhere between breakfast two and lunch one. Okay, so what are we having? So we're having uh, uh, Choco Mint CBD today. Okay. Choco Mint right there. Um, and then my my Jersey Mike's uh, has been stock full of roast beef over the last oh. three, four weeks. All and right. so, so now, oh, now I have to actually go to the phone right <laughs> while we're doing this and see uh, what my... You started this shit. Mm-hmm. Well, my, like, it's, like, I just continue to get the, hey, because of COVID-19, which I sympathize with for sure... Yeah, no, I'm still beefless in, in New York. <laughs> that sounds like a movie title, Tony. <laughs> beefless in New York. We have gone off the rails. Like I think this is important. It's a yeah, great. Absolutely. It's like one of my favorite post round meals. Like my wife is always like, "Are you going to be home for dinner?" I'm like, "I could be, but no, no, I'll just stop at Jersey Mike's <laughs> on my way home." And I always just say, "Yes, I will be home for dinner, and I will have already and eaten Jersey Mike's. It's a bonus." Also. Also, this week we're asking the question, does a putter have to be expensive to work? So I want first thoughts from all of you. Who wants to start? Harry, Tony, Chris? No, thanks for no. joining us. This We out. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> I think the question is, the, the, the low-hanging fruit part of the question is no. Absolutely not. Okay. The price equating to performance in the putter world is absolutely... 100% a false notion. We've seen it in our testing. You know, we've had $99 putters, right? Let's go with Tommy Armour, the, uh, their impact, uh, impact. Yep. Two years in a row, best mallet, 99 bucks. They put it on sale for even 20% off of that. I mean, so you can get le- legitimately the best mallet putter we've tested two years in a row. Probably one of the top five we've ever tested um, for less than 100 bucks. That really definitively answers the question. Yes. The only thing about it is the percentage of a a really, really cheap putter performing well is is low. Sure. Or lower, shall I say. If you have is a it? well, if you have a face tech and you've put a lot of design, a lot of money into it, even roll, for example, it's gonna take it's gonna cost more to produce. It's going to take more time to produce as well. It's going to be more money in in theory. So that's the question I think really ultimately is not not does price equate to performance because it 
it just doesn't. We can come up no. with examples on either side where that is true or isn't true. To me, the question is when you're paying more, three, four, five hundred dollars for a putter, what's driving those costs and what is a consumer actually getting for that, you know, every additional hundred dollars they pay beyond if we've already said you can get top performance for a hundred bucks, right? We've seen Cleveland Right in in the blade category, I I mean if we Wilson had a had a really yeah, strong the performance uh, this infinite year. the L is a yeah top I mean, notch putter. Have we had any putter category where you could not get a uh, an extremely high performing putter, even the best putter in some cases, for around a hundred bucks? Yeah, there's there's it seems like as long as we've been doing this, there's there's typically always been at least one or two what you would call cheap you know inexpensive if you you want to be a little more graceful about it uh putters in the mix so yeah i mean sometimes expensive putters do really well sometimes they don't sometimes cheap putters do really well sometimes they don't and so you know if you if you were to lay that out i think you would you would find no strong correlation so what do you get then yeah if you did do that you would think that scotty cameron would win every single test that we've ever done now they've had a couple of years where they've done well um, and been up there, but you've never seen them win. Yeah, well, I mean, except this year. Except yes, but it's like every single. <laughs> what I'm saying, like since we've started right? testing, it's it's predominantly not up there. All right, so if I'm gonna go out and spend four hundred dollars on a putter, right? I decide whatever the case is. I've taken Tony's advice. I've looked at some, you know less expensive clubs. I bought a couple of things off the rack at the end of closeout and I, because I'm saving money, I'm going to go spend $400 on a putter because I want to say, okay, I'm going to get the absolute best technology, everything I can. And I'm not worried about the price. What am I going to get with a $400 budget that I'm not going to get with a hundred dollar budget? Meticulous attention to detail mm -hmm. in, in many cases is. But does meticulous attention to detail always equate to performance? If, if you run down the list of things that, that I mean when I say meticulous attention to detail. So part of that is cosmetic, right? Your your milling is going to be flawless you know, when you cut in that Titleist logo and that Scotty Cameron logo and you, you, you put in the weights and the weight ports. All of that stuff is, is going to be near flawless every time. So that – and obviously, right, those, those cosmetic details – I don't think you could make a solid argument that they impact performance in any you know, measurable way, but they, it does speak to the things like that. You know, what they say is we give a shit about every detail. No detail is too insignificant to, to care about. We've always said that looks don't correlate to performance. However, those are the the podcasts or the articles where everyone comes back and say it, it it does matter to me. So maybe to consumers, those cosmetic details do make a difference. Well, we've we've known that for a while. We've known that mm -hmm. for a long, long time. That has not changed since we've we put that question out, or that question's ever been around. So that's mm -hmm. what we're trying to say is that cosmetics doesn't really equate to performance even though people think it does now for instance the the tommy armor impact uh, number three is a very very good putter and, and it's been proven that it is but how many putters have they banged out like if it's 20 30 40 50 000, whatever it may be compared to say an even roll again where 
they are meticulously looking at every single club, making sure it is good instead of, because we've had, we've had products coming in here that are cheaper and the lie is not the same. The loft is not the same compared to putter to putter. And it's three or four putters that we've tested over the years and they're off by four to four or five degrees and the lie angles up to 10 to 20 off. I know that seems ridiculous, but it is because they, they easily bend. Those kind of things, in my opinion, make a huge, huge difference. Yeah, it's, but again, it's kind of the argument and I agree, right? It is that that's, that's exactly the kind of thing you see. You see more attention to, if we say this putter has four degrees, then it's going to be four degrees when it comes out of the, the factory, plus or minus half a degree, because you know, that's, right. that's just reality of how things work. And, and you, you're going to see a higher quality of finish, for example, if it's not a, like a, just a stainless putter and, and you're not going to see instances of, of sloppy paint fill or things like that. And I, I still, we'll use Cameron as the example, because I, I think in terms of mainstream, you know, you can buy it in just about any golf shop and repeatable, reliable quality as it relates to the details, you're not, you're not going to touch it. And part of the reason is when they're finishing up Cameron's, right? The last, the last steps on the assembly line are, are to check lie and loft and make sure everything is on spec. And then it goes on a rack and there is literally a team, a small team, but a team of people who have white gloves on and polishing rags and, and they go around and they make sure that when every Cameron leaves the factory, there's not a single fingerprint on it. There's no smudge anywhere. It's it's absolutely positively flawless from from sole to grip. And that's that's a detail that whether you want to or not, you're ultimately paying for in the product. And you know, like I said, it it shows that they give a shit. But at the same time, I also look at that and go, yeah, but but what happens as soon as that comes out of the box at the golf shop? Because the guy who's putting it on the rack at a golf galaxy or, or wherever it happens to be just just doesn't give a shit nearly as much about your product as you do but it is it is that level of attention to detail that you you're not going to get with a hundred dollar putter because it it costs money but again these are not these are not performance considerations they are they are sweating the details so it sounds like there's a couple things right so one it's the sweating the details specs i mean we've used this analogy before with uh jdm right japanese domestic market equipment where you know if you buy uh you know a uh, set of irons from Epon or Mayura or whatever that the spec tolerance it's going to have that same that same white glove service and that's part of what you pay for so beyond that is there anything else for that extra $300 i'm paying that i'm getting in terms of let's say materials or you know R&D technology kind of stuff like am i buying into a fundamentally better more forward-thinking putter company that you know is, is maybe considering things that I'm not, or is it just simply, hey, this one's going to be a little bit more expensive, more attention to detail, well, performs just as well. Complex, multi-material type construction, or, or multi-piece, whether that's just a, a putter and an insert, or if it's something like a like a tailor-made spider, for example, where you've got all these pieces that have to come together. That that adds complexity and complexity always translates to cost. So, you know, those are, those are typically very good putters. We see for the most part, they perform well. Um, but, 
there's an added cost in that because of the complexity in the construction. Odyssey triple track, right? What they're doing there. First of all, the, they tend to put that in, again, uh, multi-piece, if not multi-material construction. They had to license or buy that, that triple track technology from a third party. So there's cost associated in that. There's cost associated with, with either milling an insert or, or stamping a polymer type insert and costs associated with the time it takes to insert the insert into the butter, if you will. Right. And so that's where a lot of that cost come from. But ultimately, you know, that can have benefit, right? Better feel for some people, more forgiveness in the case of, if you want to say forgiveness with an even roll or a high MOI design, some sort of face technology that improves the consistency of your putting. Right. That all comes at a cost, but there's also no guarantee that any one individual is going to need it or benefit it from it in any quantifiable way. So to a degree, it's, it's always, un, again, keep coming back to this, unless you're getting fitted for your putter, which very right. few people do, there's still an element of rolling the dice that, that again, has, has absolutely no correlation to the cost of the putter itself. So I guess my other question that I'm thinking about, okay, as a consumer, all right, so if I go in, again, I got that $400 or whatever the case is, and all right, now I kind of got my checklist. I know, okay, if it's multiple materials, we know if it's milled as opposed to cast, that that's going to be more expensive, especially if you're having to mill in you know, pockets for different things, multiple materials. I check most wanted testing and say, yep, really high performer, has these other things. Okay, that justifies the cost to me. I go, okay, it's 400 bucks, but it does have all these other things and it has high performance. I feel good about that. What are the worst reasons to pay an excessive amount or to pay a high dollar amount for an expensive putter? Like, what would be something that you would tell consumers? Hey, if you're thinking about buying an expensive putter and these are your reasons, these would be red flags to me. Well, the tool. Because a tour guy uses it. Yeah, the tour. That's the huge one. If you see a, a, a tour guy use that putter, you automatically think, oh, that's the putter for me. But in hindsight, it could be, it's probably going to be your worst putter. <laughs> we see it like, yeah, it's so annoying. there's this perception, right? When we talk about, well, you should something like an even roll or or an Odyssey or, you know, Toulon's original face design, right? Where it's somewhat corrective designed to help you when you're, when you miss hit the putter and, and some of the blowback, some of the comments we get as well, you know, decent golfers, there's no excuse for missing the center of the face with your putter. So you shouldn't need forgiveness. And uh, when you I look do. at actual impact <laughs> patterns from real golfers, including really good golfers, like, like Harry, and sometimes even, you know, some of the guys on tour aren't perfect. Like, off-center contact on a putter is a real thing for just about every golfer. So to... And it's millimeters. Right. That's all it takes. And at the end of the day, if if you're if you're doing a short putt, yes, you're gonna hit the middle of the face more often. When you come to like a 40-foot putt, you're not just stroking it as smoothly as possible. You're whacking that crap out of that that ball. So you you think of it as a full swing. When you're swinging as hard as <laughs> you can. You're probably not going to hit the middle of the face as often as you would from a from from a like a chip shot. So it's the same concept in a putter. If you're if you're like if you play St Andrews and a Lynx golf course, you're going to be playing your Texas wedge all the time, and you're not going to be hitting the center of the face because you're going to be hitting about forty yards on the fairway onto a green. So 
you're not going to be hitting the middle of the face nine times out of ten. And I know the guys who stick their oh. nose up in the air and like, I never miss the center of the, the putter face. My ass, let's your... get you on. Let's get you on a monitor. <laughs> get your nose out of the air, level your face. You're wrong. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, but those those guys always have the gear and have no idea of what the hell is going on with their golf game. No, perception isn't reality in, in, in so many ways, even for the best players in the world. They, they actually don't know. I was just reading a couple things this morning. Lou Stagner had posted and Scott Fawcett, again, statistics. And one of them was, uh, I want to say it was Brad Faxon talking about, you know, things when he was putting at his best. He said, you know, here are things when I was putting my absolute best, I was doing this, this and this. And they pulled the statistics. And guess what? He was not doing this, this, and this. In fact, he was doing almost exactly the opposite. And so, and again, Brad Faxon, probably arguably one of the best putters in, in the history uh, of the game, and, and he still didn't know exactly what he was or wasn't doing. So go back to the Cameron one real quick, because on one hand, we're saying worst reason to do stuff, pay attention, paying attention to the guys on tour. You see a lot of Camerons on tour, right? That That's a big part of... Uh, the validation, nobody more responsible for that than Tiger. Um, but we see a lot of that. On the other hand, we're seeing from a retail perspective, we're kind of holding Cameron up here as far as quality, consistency, uh, you know, recently with some performance stuff. So if I'm a consumer, how do I resolve that? Say, on one hand, yeah, don't look at the tour, but I see a lot of Scotty Camerons. On the other hand, you're saying, well, do look at Scotty Cameron because these quality checks are things that you know, if you pay more for them, that's justified in a, in a, in a Cameron putter, but maybe not justified in others. Well, it's an easy way to say not to pay attention to what the guys are playing on tour, just to remember that they are paid to play these clubs. Mm, sometimes. Yeah, it's, it depends on the club. So yeah, I think, I think probably the, the best example of where that isn't true is you know, it's not to say Odyssey pays nobody on tour because that would mm-hmm. that would be not a true thing to say. But a, a healthy percentage of of the Odysseys in play in any given week aren't paid. And okay. you know, on, on tour, you think about it. You you walk into a, a golf shop, right, and go to a putter corral, and you have just these massive like brand choices. But you know, on, on tour, you have Scotty Cameron that is played by guys who are under contract and a lot of guys who aren't right so that okay. that's one where, where guys are choosing odyssey callaway guys typically it's it's going to be part of most of those deals or some of those deals and a lot of guys are, are choosing to pay them without a contract or play them without a contract tailor-made guys no big surprise for the most part they play the tailor-made putters and you do get a little bit of non-contract play there i believe but those three brands dominate the tour and you know, I, I would I would suggest that Taylor made in terms of number in play is a bit of a step down. But you go to a golf shop, you have choices that aren't in use on tour, and and a lot and a lot of the reason why they're not in use is is just simply, you know, a lot of it is habit, right? Guys will play a putter on tour because they always have, and some of it is contractual, and there's also a ton of politics at play that that aren't really in 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 play in a retail environment there's they're right when you walk into a golf shop if you want to if you're if you're starting to go near a wilson putter for example you don't you don't have a rep in your ear pushing you towards an odyssey or a cameron or something like that where (laughs) you know getting getting tour play for a product even a really really good product 
is is not easy which is you know if you're if you're going to look anywhere for guidance maybe maybe see what's being used on the LPGA or or even the senior tour champions tour to to an extent because there's there's less of kind of the the politics and the screw turning and things like that over there yeah and i yeah. think the other thing with yeah. the the pay for play or not pay for play thing too is is there are a number of factors to keep in mind there one of which is on tour and in like you go to you know monday tuesday uh, Wednesday to some degree when the reps are out there, etc. cetera. Uh, it, it's the land of yes, right? Where you go to the putter green and say, Hey, you know, can I take this out there? Yeah. Can I take two of these out there? Yeah. Can I take three of these and just put them in my bag? Sure. Go ahead. Right. Because they want to get these putters in, in play. And those are important things to them. And that's part of the cost of, of doing business for them. Right. And, and when you're on tour, everything has the same price, which is zero. It's not like they're saying, Oh, you know, I got to pay a hundred dollars for this one or 300 for that one or 200 for this one. Um, you know, it's, it's demo, try, see what you like. And, you know, and you go from there and certainly there's, there's political considerations and there's, you know, always some inside baseball stuff that's, that's going on that may or may not dictate uh, uh, certain choices and, and things like that. But it's also one of the reasons we've seen some of these smaller, more boutique brands really, really struggle. Players have put some of them in play on, on different occasions for shorter period of time. Um, but to date, Nobody's really stuck around uh, and, and been able to gain any type of significant hold. Maybe, you know, swag golf, maybe, you know, with, with one or two players um, out there, Rain Gibson. But but again, these things have oscillated. So I would say the other thing to be careful of if you're thinking about money, expenses, whatever, you start getting into these boutique putter brands and and you need to understand that those are those are really a function of you're buying functional art right you're you're willing to pay a premium for having your initials or be part of that build process which is great uh if that's something that you want to do having a custom bespoke experience you know getting a suit tailored exactly to uh to your dimensions and and using certain materials and fabrics and being able to customize things um those experiences are out there you're going to pay for them 1000 bucks 1500 bucks 2000 bucks that would be a place where where people I would want to think would be a little bit careful from a consumer perspective too it's worth mentioning too like every every year or two if not every year you always hear a story right about some tour guy who was struggling with his putter so you know it, either it was the pro shop at the course or he you know, walked into even a golf <laughs> galaxy right or, or pulled and pulled some relic out of a used bin from <laughs> You know, this was this was the hot putter in 1994, right. <laughs> having a fine one, and goes out and, and puts lights out. So it just kind of tells you, like it's <laughs> the, the cost correlation. Getting back to the original topic, just just isn't there. It's it's putters work until they don't, and I think we've all experienced that transition. Yeah, when Jim Furyk won the FedEx Cup that year, wasn't it like a thirty nine dollar yes putter that he it, had? Yeah, it was something like that, and so. Matt Fitzpatrick, I believe, still today is using a yes uh, uh, putter from however many years ago. And again, if you could find it on eBay, it wouldn't be more than, I mean, the shipping would probably be more than the cost of the club. I mean, that is know? one of those, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. 10 bucks to buy, 15 to get it to you. <laughs> right. I do, right. I do think it comes down to two things when you see it, if, when it comes to the tour. One, these smaller brands don't have the marketing power to put it in people's faces to build that credibility. Scotty Cameron does, TaylorMade does, Odyssey does. When it comes to the smaller brands that will that could have a good product, 
they can't get their word out unless it's through another median. Uh, and for that to happen, it's probably going to have to be proven that it performs well. Uh, the other point would be is it's hard to get on the PGA Tour. If you're an up-and-coming brand, I mean, it's hard to get a rep out to every event and say... It's expensive. It's really yeah, expensive. And, and say, hey, here's our putter. Just, you know, go ahead. Just go ahead. And then if as soon as they touch it, someone's clicking saying, I guess who's got this in the bag this week? Uh, and that goes on the social media and you hope that trends. To get on the tour, it's very hard if you're a smaller brand. Um, you have it's, and that's where the politic comes in. Said, "Are oh, you? Yeah, you can't do it. You're, you're, you haven't proven yourself. You don't have enough money for us to even give a, to give a shit about you." Well, yeah, you're you're up against a lot of. Like I said not everybody, certainly not everybody, but you, you, if if you're an upstart putter brand and even if you've got the the greatest putter ever made you can't get that putter into a lot of these guys bags because they're under contract to play somebody else's and so it's no option yes the only way you could do it is through the corn ferry tour the little the minor tours that are trying to get a little bit more traction when it comes to um, visibility on tv and you hope that one of those guys loves it plays it and goes up the ladder into the PGA tour. I mean, even on corn ferry, a lot of those guys are, yeah. are tied up because that, it's sort of become, you know, for, for it's more like Latino American Canadian tour. Yeah, you kind of saw this weird yeah. thing where for a while, right. The trend was, we're going to, we're going to throw big dollar contracts at every PGA player we can. Right. And now what we're seeing is that, that the full bag deals have, have dropped right there's not as many of those and then does create some opportunities for smaller companies i mean um you know mike taylor's company uh and you see like passion green's got the grindworks irons i mean you're, you're seeing that that kind of stuff is is now is that more an opportunity for a company or is that more because a lot of people said <laughs> yeah well that's a, that's a, you know, I a mean, special case there but. it sounds like it sounds a lot like you know my prom date where senior year was more like well I think I just got told no so many times. It was like any yes was a good yes. And, and that's yeah. kind of Patrick Reed. <laughs> the, the Corn Ferry Tour has almost become for equipment companies like buying a penny stock where, hey, I can I can make a minimal investment, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because obviously you're you're not paying a, a Corn Ferry Tour rookie what you're paying Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy for an equipment deal. And so you, you pay a little bit of money and hope that the guy, you know, winning wins an event and you, you get your money back for sure. If he gets his card, you get your money back for sure. And if he if he comes through and wins on the tour and you've you've paid him yeah, you know, corn fairy tour money for, for a year or two. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we got a little off track, but still answered the bigger question. What was the question? And putters. So <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it back and answer it one more time. Does a putter have to be expensive to work? Still no. no. Still no. Still no. No. Still no. Nope. Okay. Just just making sure we were in the same place as we started. And maybe another way to ask that is, what's the minimum amount of money I need to spend to get a very high performance putter? So what do I need to spend in order to get a putter that is going to perform really really well? Well, that that varies again. <laughs> I would I would check eBay to find that answer because I guarantee you nobody is counterfeiting a Tommy Armor. So, <laughs> and if they are, I admire the hustle. It's a it's a tough one. 
All right, guys, well, we're going to take a peek at what's coming out of the facility this week, so I'll see you on the other side of that. This week, best performance gloves. The Mizuno Elite is number one. Winning design and construction put it in the top spot. It's made with flexibility and grip in mind, and it ranked first in feel. The Ping Sport is runner-up. Built like a premium glove, the Sport provides a relaxed fit, reliable grip, and fits true to size. Though the material is thicker, it's still breathable and comfortable. Third place goes to the Titleist Players Flex. Comfortable soft leather keeps you connected to the club. Barely there stitching and good flexibility make it a top finisher, but make sure you try before you buy. It might be a tight fit. Finishing fourth, the Ping Sport Tech. Now it's not quite up to the same standards as the Sport, but the Tech has better than average feel, is breathable, and it fits true to size, though the material might be a little bit stiff. And finally, best value goes to the Srixen All Weather. 10 bucks buys you a great grip, comfortable fit, and reliable performance. But again, try before you buy, the material is a little loose in the fingers. And we're back. Okay, I think we had a good discussion this week, guys. Anyone want to add anything extra, fun, new, anything that the world needs to know? I'm taking a week off of golf a weekend, so that's nice. That is nice. You're not playing golf on the weekend, is that what you said? Not what's what's weekend. Miranda making you do around the house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing, what? actually. This guy was joking with Flora last week, so we've done... Uh, a little bit of a family room renovation so i put in a new floor and we we painted the walls and painted the trim and i'm, I'm like this is ridiculous covid has has turned me into the husband you always wanted <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's an ordeal everyone's at home too much but we should still be at home don't want to say go out and risk yourself all right guys well this has been a good one we want to remind everybody to subscribe like leave us reviews leave us comments we want to hear from you um so until next week we out we out bye